Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. So we have encounters. These are our services. We just switched the names of services to encounters. Why? Because the primary reason why we have gatherings here is to encounter God. Uh, We have freedom groups. And then we have destiny teams. Freedom groups are to get together, get make friendships, get to know other people, but really so that they can reach inside, take the mask off, and you can sh- bear your hearts and become free and open and watch God clean on the inside. You have to open up. It's kind of like when you have a wound and they say, well, put out your arm, and you're like, it hurts too bad. Yeah, but, but, but it's going to get infected if you don't allow allow that to happen. So someone's got to reach in and take care of things and then uh, live out your destiny. I gave these three things last week. Reach up. Come on, just take your hand with me and reach up. Yeah, say reach in, reach inside, and reach out. That's reach up as we're encountering God. Reach in is we're we're, we're in, these things on the inside are being altered and changed and we're becoming free. And reach out is so that we're not some little ch- Christian social club that we're all happy and everything's good no god has called us to reach this city for jesus somebody say amen today we all have a purpose in doing that first corinthians chapter one says that we should speak the same things and that's why we're doing that we're all speaking the same things and that's why we're putting so much emphasis on vision today so as we get started lord i pray today that you as, as my words would speak, that your words would speak, I pray. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Hey, I'm going to talk for a few minutes about encounters. Encounters. What are encounters? Close encounters of the third kind. Shark encounters. All these kinds of things. Encounters is when you've come up on something that you're, it's not just like, oh, I met that. It's like, man, I had an encounter. It's like, it's, it was something big. It was an experience. Uh, people need an encounter with God. Somebody again say Amen. The word tabernacle, Memphis tabernacle. Uh, according to the Hebrew Bible, this uh, tabernacle, in fact, put a picture of a tabernacle up on the screens there. Thank you. Uh, a tabernacle really means a residence or a dwelling place. So it would be like me saying, where, hey, where do you live? Oh, I live over on, uh, you know, off Poplar Street, uh, a little bit west and two blocks over. That's my, well, the tabernacle is a dwelling place. It's a, it's a residence. It's not about just a tent. It's a home. And it was a place that God uh, told his people back in uh, the children of Israel that were going in the desert. He said, I want you to set up a tabernacle so it's a place that I can meet people. A a tabernacle is a place where God and people meet. And I tell you, when, when the Lord put on our hearts to call this place Memphis Tabernacle, I believe because he just didn't want it to be a, a church or an organization or some. you go through these systems, people come in, do I like it or not? People come in to encounter or to uh, check out a church, experience a church, but they walk out with an encounter with God. In fact, the most important thing that can happen on these times uh, when we meet on Sundays is that people would experience, people would have an encounter with God. Can someone say that's what we need? Amen? Amen. We need a, a, an encounter with God. So a tabernacle, it's where God and people meet. They would have set up and tear down times and they would follow the cloud and they would follow the, the fire. But it wasn't about the building, obviously, if you look at the building. It was about the presence. It was about the person that you were going to meet. And we want every person 
to meet God and to be close to God. So Moses valued this so much that he said to the Lord here in Exodus 33, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't bring us up from here. What was he saying? He said, I, we can do this setup and take down and move around and I can map it all out. But I choose presence over progress. I choose presence over advancement. I choose presence over promotion. And you know, in our personal lives, that's what we have to do. We have to say, God, you and what your, your plan for my life and your presence in my life is more important than me setting up shop and fulfilling the life goals that I have down. Lord, I want to follow your presence. In the Old Testament, they did it through the cloud and through the fire. We do it by listening to the Holy Spirit and finding out his direction and plan for our lives. God's presence is our distinction as a church. If you want to know what our, what our church is about and you just broke it down to one thing, it would be presence. That if we don't have the presence of God... We're failing. If we do have the presence of God, things are going to be okay. You know, it's kind of like that with your life too. It's kind of like that with your family and your business and things that you have. If God's on it, it's going to work. If God's not, it's not. I don't care how much planning you've done. I don't care how much leadership principles you have. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, there is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. What he's calling you to and speaking you to, to you and, and, and in his presence on this house is the most important thing. Encounters aren't about a location or a building. They're about meeting places with God. So we emphasize three primary encounters. One is our Sunday morning encounter. We call it Sunday worship. Can you just say Sunday worship? We do four things in Sunday worship, and you can fill this in. Four things we do. Number one is welcome people. Say welcome people. Well, wait, uh, shouldn't God be first? Well, let me tell you, our primary focus is God, but do you know his primary focus is people? In other words, if you were to ask God what's on your heart, he wouldn't say me, himself. No, he would say people, that person's hurting over there, I love them. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And so the first thing we do on our, on our weekend encounter is we welcome people. We want them to feel welcome. We want this to be a place where they feel comfortable and that they, they, they can meet with God. In uh, Psalm 122, it says, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. <laughs> the church shouldn't be boring. Church shouldn't be pressure. Church, church shouldn't be a drag. But church should be a place where you go to meet with God. It says in uh, Hebrews 10.25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Some are in the habit. They're just looking for an excuse not to come together. They're just looking for an excuse not to meet with other believers because they kind of enjoy isolating themselves and being all alone. But it says, but encouraging one another. What that means is, is he didn't just say, don't be alone. He said, get together and encourage one another. When you walk into one of our encounters on the weekend, one of our service times on the weekend, you look around, you find someone that needs to be encouraged and you encourage, you encourage them. That's what we do. Number two, we worship God. We worship God. You know, I think sometimes we can be so seeker sensitive that we're Holy Spirit insensitive. We want everybody to be so happy and comfortable 
and feel good. And do we do this right? And do we do that right? And do we do this? That we don't, we're not even aware of God himself. And then you say, well, what about God? No, he's invited too. No, let me tell you, we need to, I believe we need to be sensitive to people. We need to be um, uh, seeker sensitive, you know, people who are checking things out and trying to understand if their heart's for the Lord. I don't think we need to be insensitive to people, but can I tell you who we need to be more sensitive to than anyone sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Somebody say amen today. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, it says that we can enter into heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus by his death. Jesus opened up a new and life-giving way through the curtain that is the most holy place. So let us enter right in without a guilty conscience and have, our, uh, and have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies washed with pure water. Listen, when we walk into God's presence, used to back in the day, you, were, you couldn't walk into the presence of God. In fact, even if the high priest walked in and there was something he didn't do right, he would drop dead. But we, because of the blood of Jesus, can walk right into the presence of God. It's, it's such a thing that I think we take for granted. I know I do sometimes take for granted. It says in uh, Acts chapter, chapter 3, verse 19, out of the New Living Translation, he says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then, somebody say then. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. I want you to notice, here's the, here's the order. Repent, presence, refreshing. Oh, I just need a re refreshing. Okay, well, then you need the presence of God. Oh, I just need the, I'm just calling out. Okay, then repent. What's repent? It, 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 it's, it's being open. Like it's all on the table. Like there's nothing hidden. It's all on the table. Lord, I open up my heart to receive. Do you know every time we come in to the house of God, we should have an open, open and repentant heart and say, God, I, I would just put it all on the table, whatever you want in my life. Presence. Number three is uh, in our encounter here on Sunday is the word of God. The word of God. Primarily the word of God does two things through the word of God. The word feeds you and leads you. In fact, that's my primary role as a senior pastor here is to feed you and to lead you. You remember the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, Psalmist David said. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Well, the green pastures aren't just to have a comfortable bed. They ate those green pastures too, right? And then he says, he leads me beside still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Notice what the shepherd does. He feeds you and he leads you. One of the things we need through the word of God is we need to be fed and we need to be led another thing that we need is we need faith and do you know it says in hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 without faith it's impossible to please him you know you can't please god unless you have faith on the inside oh i just pray for faith you do you know the bible didn't tell us to pray for faith the bible says in, in uh, romans 10 17 faith comes by hearing say hearing and hearing by the word of god that's why we we always want the word of God to be. When you walk in, we want to make sure to declare the word of God. And what happens? It builds up your faith. And what happens? You can please God and step out and, and do the things that he's called you to do. In fact, if you walk into a message and hear someone at a church and your faith isn't built, you didn't hear the word of God. Because the Bible says... Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you walked in and you're more impressed with the preacher, I know it's a temptation. I know it's, 
I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. You're more impressed with uh, the worship. You're more impressed with this or that or the systems than you are with the word of God and what God's saying and doing in your life, then we haven't really heard the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So say the word welcome. Yeah. Say the word um, uh, worship and say the word word, word of God. And then number four, what we do on weekends is what's next? Write that in. What's next? What's next? My response. Do you know that that's the most important thing out of the word of God is what's next? Because True discipleship, real discipleship is not informational only. It's not knowledge-based discipleship. It's obedience-based discipleship. I think sometimes people come in and if they've heard something, they go, I've heard that before. It's not whether you know it or not. It's whether you're doing it and living it. It's not knowledge-based discipleship. It's it's obedience-based. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, I'm going to show you what this man's like. He's like a man. He listens to my teachings and follows it. He's a person who uh, has built his house well. The person who listens and follows. He, and you say, well, I listen. I, I heard that message and I heard this. I thought it was good and I took notes and I did all this. He didn't say how many notes you took. He said, how did you apply it to your life? Because the one who built his house on the sand came and heard just as much word. Came and took just as many notes. And he heard, but it did nothing to it. James 1.22 says, be doers. Say doers. <laughs> doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So it's really important that we always know before we, in a service, we always know what's next. What's next? Welcome, worship, word, what's next? Those four things. Uh, the next encounter we have is we have our Tuesday prayer. Tuesday prayer. Nights. This isn't just some ancillary or, or sideline uh, 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 thing we have. I think if there's the most important service of the week would be on Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Tuesday prayer. We, re- we come together on Tuesdays and we pray. By the way, I read this book more, more than once, probably two or three times. But I've read this book some years ago and it really changed my life. It's by Jim Cimbala. It's called Fresh Wind and Fresh Fire. Fresh wind, fresh fire. Pastor in uh, Brooklyn, New York. They were having a hard time with their church. They uh, they were you know trying to do things in church and just things weren't working. And uh, and uh, the the Lord put them on their knees and they begin to seek and call out to God and they begin to see things happen in their city. Things explode in their church. And when you walk in, the presence of God is tangible, tangible. Pick up that book if, if you're a reader. Pick up that book and. Uh, and, uh, and read that it's just a powerful, powerful book. But three things we do on our Tuesday night prayer. One is prayer and testimony. Prayer and testimony. Henry Blackaby from the book Experiencing God said that prayer and testimony are the fuel of revival. In fact, in Revelation 12.10, it says this, For the accuser of the brethren who has accused them before God night and day. How many of you know that you have someone that's that's talking bad about you night and day he's called the devil he's accusing you and it says this and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb period nope it says by two things by the blood of the lamb that's what jesus did and by the word of their testimony that's what you do in other words you don't overcome the enemy and the accuser of the brethren just by what jesus did It's by what he did, the blood of the lamb. He's not going to come back down and shed his blood. He already did it. But by the word of your testimony. Testimonies are a powerful thing. Sharing uh, testimonies. Uh, Brother Bill 
um, Hart, I was talking with him uh, sometime earlier this week, and he was telling me about, and I've, and I've read about it, the Asbury uni at University, uh, Asbury University, there was a great revival back in 1970, and Bill told me that he was there. It was a time where they opened up their service or they opened up their assembly time and they, uh, there was a speaker that was going to speak, but he just kind of had a sense from the Holy Spirit that he was supposed to let some people share some testimonies. And they began to share and what they thought was going to be 30 minutes or an hour or two hours turned into days and days and days of the presence of God, the testimony, testifying proclaiming the goodness of God, singing, praising God. And there were students that would even speak back and say, uh, speak about those days and say, I've never experienced, it was so tangible. They walked into a room and the tangible presence of God was right there. And what happened? They said, I didn't even want to leave to go eat. I didn't even want to leave to go uh, take a shower and change until someone made me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they, they would say, I was always there. Why? Because people need we were created to be in the presence of God. Can I tell you, that's what God wants to do right here in this house. God wants to pour out his presence. Listen, I'm not seeking a revival to get a Holy Ghost goosebump. I'm not seeking revival so that I can uh, be slain in the spirit or get chills or something like that. Though I, all those things, man, I, I, I like all that stuff. I like to feel God. But I'll tell you why, because when God moves upon a people and God moves upon a city, it changes the city. And I believe with all of my heart, church, that we're not here today just to get a good feeling and say, what, I'm just so blessed, this felt so good. It's not just about us. It doesn't end with us. There's a big thing that God wants to accomplish. And we just say, do it, Lord. One of the things someone said uh, in that revival is they said, the greatest thing I constantly witnessed and experienced was our equality before him. Our equality. You know, I believe that the presence of God will heal socioeconomic divides. I believe that the presence of God will heal racial divides. I believe that the presence of God will heal this insecurity in people who, I just feel oh, so uncomfortable being around. Listen, when you're in the presence of God, there is no rich person. There is no black person. There is no white person. There is no poor. There is no, uh, uh, you know, someone says, this is what it's all about, and they stand up for their own rights. Listen. The presence of God strips you. The presence of God uh, allows everybody to know that you're standing in, in someone that's higher than you are, has more than you have, more power than you have. And that's why we can get into all of our, and I don't want to call them petty because I know that there's some important things. But some want to get into these fleshly arguments and think that that's what's going to change things. Listen, the underlying thing that's going to change and heal our city in Memphis is spiritual. And it's not just some new age spiritual. It's God himself. <laughs> prayer and testimony. The second thing we do at our prayer is we pray for one another. Do you know ministry flows through the body? It's all about me and Jesus. No, that's not true. Some things are about you and Jesus, but a lot of things are. But it, it, he also uses the body. James chapter 5 verse 13 says this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. In other words, sometimes you just got to pray for your own stuff, right? Uh, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. If God's done something for you, pray about it. Sing about it. Be happy about it. But then he goes on and says, is anyone among you sick? 
Let him call for the elders of the church. That's other people. Well, why couldn't you just do it alone? I don't know. But I know there's times in my life where I've prayed for things, asked the Lord for things, and I just didn't see the breakthrough I was looking for. And what did I do? I had to call for the elders of the church to have them anoint, with me oil, anoint me with oil and pray. How does that work? I don't know. But I do know the Bible says let him call for the elders of the church, anoint him with oil. The prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Wait, I thought Jesus forgave sins. Jesus does forgive sins. But sometimes you're wrestling with sins, strongholds, bondages that you need the, the agreement with someone who's a leader who loves you or the pastor who loves you and will agree with you and anoint you and pull you out of the ditch. Then he goes on and says in verse 16, he says, confess your trespasses to one another. Oh, I don't do that. <laughs> well, the Bible says, confess your, do it. <laughs> confess your trespasses to one another. Listen, and pray for one another that you may be healed because the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That's the body of Christ. What he's saying is it's not just all about you and God. You need other brothers and sisters. Would you just do this with me? Would you take your hand, look at your hand for just a minute? Just look at your hand. You know healing's gonna flow through that hand? I didn't say from that hand. I said through that hand. Yeah. Your mouth, words of encouragement, words of life, words of healing, words of deliverance will flow through that mouth. Not from that mouth, but through that mouth. Because the source didn't start with you, your brain, your thoughts, what you read in a book. No, the source came from God. You're just the conduit. You're just the flow through. You're just the vessel. And that's what happens here in the body of Christ. He says, confess your, your trespasses, pray for one another, be healed, be forgiven. And then he goes on and says, just in case you don't think you're worthy of that, he says, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. What does it mean? It means Eli Elijah put his pants on one foot at a time just like you do. Well, I don't think he had pants, but you know what I'm saying. Elijah dealt with the same things. Elijah was a person. He was a man with a nature just like ours. But what happened? He prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and it rained after that. What was he saying? God doesn't need a superhero to minister through. He just needs a righteous person. He just needs a willing person. And what feels better, to be ministered to or to be ministered through? I don't know. But God wants to use every single person to minister to other people. Praying together, I believe, would solve, save us from a lot of counseling. There's people who have told me, man, I'm going through something. I really, really need help. And you know what I've told them? I said, hey, come to Tuesday prayer and I'll meet you right afterwards. And I've had this happen multiple times. And afterwards, they say, oh, I don't need anything. I got my answer. Why? Just needed God. So that's why I knew it. That's why I said I'll meet you after. <laughs> Number three, pray for our city, nation, and world. Pray for our city, nation, and world. Church, we have a responsibility to bring light to Memphis. We are the light of the world. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world as long as I'm in the world. But then when he was leaving, he said, you're the light of the world. Do you know that we have a responsibility? You say, well, I'm responsible for me and my family and just the people that. No, you're responsible to some extent for your city. We're responsible for this city of Memphis. And if we're not in the spirit standing up for our city, who's going to? It says in Jeremiah 29, Verse 7, it says, seek peace and well-being for the city where I am sending you. I can tell you 
I was in my little old world over in Anaheim, California with my wife and my family and our church. And the Lord said, I'm sending you to a city that I'm going to do something for. Listen what he said. He said, uh, uh, he said, seek peace and well-being for the city where I am sending you. You may think you were born in this city and well, I'm always, no, he sent you to this city. It may have been a hundred years ago through your relatives, but he somehow sent you to this city and what are you supposed to do? Seek peace and well-being for the city. He says, listen, for in its peace and well-being, you'll have peace. Listen, in the city's peace, you'll have peace. So now, Lord, I just, I just want peace right here. Give me a piece of your peace, right? I just want peace right here. And the Lord says, why don't you pray for other people? Like Job ended up praying for his friends. Why don't you pray for other people? Why don't you pray for your city? And as your city prospers, as your city has peace, the peace of God will transcend to you as well. Don't trash talk the city and then pray for it. Don't trash talk, you know, this city, I can't even believe it. Trash picking up later, potholes all over the place. People are jerks, um, customer service, this and that. And, uh, and then you go, Lord, I just pray for this great city of Memphis, Lord, I pray. No, 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 no. It's not like there's different prayers and different words. Don't trash talk the city and then pray for the city. Pray for the peace of the city. You just watch. God has big plans for Memphis. You just watch. I know with all my heart, God has big plans for the city. God's going to pour out of his spirit. Revival is going to come from the city. There's something powerful that's going to happen in this city. Lord, we pray for our city right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord, we pray for the city of Memphis. God, we take responsibility and pray for this city. We pray for peace in this city. Lord, we pray for well-being in this city. We pray for, uh, the, the, for a unity in this city, God. God, we pray that you would pour out your spirit in this city. We pray for salvation and repentance, God. And we pray for a move of God in this city. And we pray for good Mexican food in this city today. In Jesus' name. Ezekiel 22 says this, I look for someone among them who would build up a wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not destroy it. Listen what God said, but I found none. He still didn't. He was looking for someone. He still found no one. Isn't that sad? God said, of all the believers I was looking for someone, I found no one who'd stand up and pray. That's one of our responsibilities on Tuesday that we come together and do. We have prayer and testimony. We're doing it this Tuesday. Prayer for our church, prayer for our city, nation, and world. There's three kinds of uh, uh, um, encounters. Or the third kind of encounter that we have, we have encounter God on our Sunday worship, on our Tuesday prayer. But the third one is daily word. Can you say daily word? Daily word. Daily word is uh, if you have a bookmark or if you uh, want to pick one up on your way. And we have some free bookmarks that has quarterly plans where we all read through the Bible, the whole Bible together in a year. And just start with a chapter. Take the chapter of the day. You heard Tiffany say this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 was our chapter today. And she read it. And as she read it, others in here read it. And you probably thought, I just read that. It encourages one another. You can have fellowship around that. But Bible reading plan and soap. Uh, we I have three boys, and you know I'd say, "Did you take a, two different things? You take a shower? Yeah, I took a shower. Jesus, soap. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that meant no. <laughs> 
Uh, not, don't only read the Bible, but listen. <laughs> there, there's, there's what we call SOAP, okay? And it's just an acronym for this. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Start with a New Testament chapter. Read that. Find a verse that stands out to you. And write that one verse down under the scripture, okay? On your daily journal. Um, you say, I don't journal. Well, start journaling. Why? Because the things that God speaks to you in your life are important. They're important enough for you to write them down. You write down things that are important, right? It's like when someone tells you something and you're like, hold on, where's a pen? You write that down. You write down things that are important. Could you imagine if the guys who wrote the Bible, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, but through people, they're like, I'm not going to write it down. <laughs> we wouldn't have the Bible, right? All of, the, all of the Bible was written through people who wrote it down. They wrote down when God spoke to them. God, the Holy Spirit will specifically, it's not going to be scripture, of course, but the Holy Spirit's going to custom tailor things and, and, and say how it relates to your life. And when you write it down, there's something powerful about that. It's the best way I know to teach someone how to hear from the Lord. When they say, I don't hear God, I say, start journaling, start writing it down. You write down the scripture, you ask observation, what does that verse mean? application how does it apply to my life in prayer what is my response to god i do this try to do this every day of my life i'll skip uh some of my soap times uh a time here and there but i can tell you uh messages will come out of that uh so so many times i'll i'll have a day where i read in the bible and then i'm talking to someone and it was exactly what i read that morning it was like the lord set me up for that particular thing by writing that down. So jump in. What are the three encounters? We have Sunday worship, we have Tuesday prayer, and we have daily word. Say it with me. Sunday worship, Tuesday prayer, daily word. Now, I want to give everyone an opportunity. And just hang with me. Stay in here with me for a minute. I want to give everyone an opportunity if you'd like to become a member of Memphis Tabernacle. Now, if you just say, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to check it out. Just stay and listen, okay? Just so you can see. Uh, how things work here. So I'm going to give you some, some, uh, some things on this. I don't know how you got here today, but I believe that it's not by accident. I believe that the Lord led you here today. We're going to sing one more song, and uh, I want you to pray and just ask the Lord this simple question. Are you calling me to be a member? Are you calling me to unite my heart and be in partnership with the other people at this church? And number two, if he is calling you to that, would you do this? <laughs> Would you either grab a connect card and if you're here today, write down your information and write member on the back and please give it to one of our leaders or go turn it into the offering box or something on the way out or grab your phone and text Memphis to 97,000 and just click on member and sign it up. Just really simple and we're going to tell you about how to become a member. We're trying to make it as simple as possible but if you agree to these things, if you're a believer and you agree to these things and then uh, Tiffany and I would like to host a new members uh, lunch next Sunday uh, at 1230 for anyone who signs up to become a member next Sunday right here in the lobby and, uh, and we just want to meet you and get to know you a little bit more and so um, but let's pray about that right now. Come on, right where you are. Just bow your heads. Lord, we pray. I know we went over a lot of information today. But God, just like we don't pick our, our families, I don't think we even pick our church. I think you lead us. And I pray, Lord, that you'd lead every person. Those who are supposed to be a member or a part of Memphis Tabernacle, I pray that you'd confirm in their spirits and give them the, uh, the release to be able to step forward and say, I'm going to be a member 
uh, to do that right now. Lord, those that you're not wanting to be a member, I pray that you'd put a check in their hearts. Maybe they're supposed to be back at another church that they were at. We're not here to grasp. We're here to just be who you've called us and receive who you've called us and serve who you've called us to serve, we pray in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. Thank you for it. If you never made Jesus the Lord of your life, would you say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. Jesus, I open my heart and turn to you. Come into my heart. Change my life. From this day forward, I call myself a believer. In Jesus' name. Every one of us said amen. Hey, I don't want you to stand uh, and do this. Uh, all we're going to do is sing part of this song right here. And while we are, fill out that information, text that information, whatever you need to do. If you want to go ahead and do it, just go ahead and do it right now, and then I'm going to dismiss you in just a minute. We're almost out of here today, okay? Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.